Welcome to the Leader Think Podcast, where we discuss personal growth and concepts for improving organizational culture. This is your host, Philip Grison. As you increase your wisdom, I hope you enlighten others on your path towards greatness. If you want to go further, head over to leaderthink.com. Hey, everybody. This is part two of Coaching Without Models. If you haven't listened to the first episode, please go back and listen to that one first, as everything here is related to it. So let's dive in. So when people teach coaching concepts, they often teach a coaching model to follow. But the best coaching model is not to use a model. Coaching is actually a natural, genuine conversation It's not an interview of pre-formatted questions. Bringing sample questions disengages you and damages listening. Pre-formatted questions can kill trust. People use models because they are new to the concept and don't know how or where to start. Combine this with a long history of safety management based on the crime and punishment model. See someone doing something against policy? Give them a negative consequence. This crime and punishment model of safety management has been so deeply ingrained into the behaviors of supervisors and managers that the concept of coaching goes completely against the grain of this older view. Some people just aren't mentally prepared to walk away from getting people in trouble and into the new era of understanding what influences behavior and accepting the truth that most of the violations we see are typically not even the worker's fault. They have just been placed in a complex, flawed system and are trying to navigate conflicting responsibilities that have been placed on them. Many coaching models used in safety management are designed for drawing awareness to the system-induced errors that employees face. And although identifying system-induced errors is valuable in a modern human performance-based safety management philosophy, it is not true coaching. If we go back to the cognitive behavior model, a system-induced error within human performance is pretty much a circumstance in the eyes of the worker. Maybe management can address a system-induced error once they become aware of it, but in the eyes of the worker, it can be an unchangeable circumstance in the behavior model. This is one reason why models aren't overly successful. People also struggle to remember the specific pre-formatted questions that they are supposed to follow. It's the concepts underneath the questions that really matter. If you can truly know the concepts, then you don't need to memorize a list of questions. So let's talk about real coaching versus modified coaching. There are variations of coaching. Real coaching is done in a conducive environment. You have permission to coach the person. They're at least somewhat open to it. And you have adequate time to have a deep conversation with them. 
A lot of what is taught in models is based on fleeting moments when a manager observes a worker doing something in violation or having some sort of struggle in the workplace. These are different types of conversations and not true coaching. They include coaching concepts to be used within the conversation, but still, it is not true coaching. The work environment, a noisy assembly floor, or a construction job site are usually not the most conducive environments for coaching. The person you attempt to coach may not be open to it, and if coaching out in the production area, there's always a feeling that time is limited. Those type conversations are valuable, but they are not true, deep, real coaching conversations. They borrow from coaching but are not hitting all the marks. Is it any wonder people struggle with coaching when they are new to the concepts, they try it out in non-conducive environments, and they feel pressure to hurry up and get it done? If someone really wants to sharpen their coaching skills, they should first try to master real coaching. Then they may have more success when they attempt cafeteria plan versions later on out in the field environments. So let's talk about the concepts behind coaching models. The number one concept of coaching is to help people find their own solutions to their own unique problems. Most often that solution comes from learning to think a different thought. If the problem you are discussing is not having the right equipment, then that would be true if no one within the company was willing to provide the proper equipment. But if only the direct supervisor is not providing the right equipment to the employee, then the lack of proper equipment is not the problem. The lack of trying a new angle to get the proper equipment, for example, talking to another manager, could be a solution. Whatever the real solution is comes from thinking a new thought. The solution comes from thinking differently. That is where all solutions to problems come from, thinking differently than we have before. As Einstein famously said, we can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. The solution to problems is always based on thinking differently. Helping people come up with their own solutions to their own problems is mostly about influencing them to think new thoughts. Much of what we have previously discussed on the power of influence can be carried over into coaching. Influence and coaching go hand in hand. Coaching is helping people see that they have the power to think new thoughts, which ultimately can become the solutions to their problems. So who do I coach? We need to decide first who we are going to coach. For the purpose of changing your culture and creating social proof, we need to focus on superfans and early adapters, 
maybe a couple fence sitters. Remember, true coaching requires you to have permission to coach someone. Will a magnetic resistor really give you their permission? Probably not. Your super fans are the ones you've been pouring into. You have their trust. You have a bond with them and they embrace your higher level thinking. These are the people that are prime for real coaching conversations. You can attempt to coach anyone. You can still apply these concepts to conversations on the floor or out on the job site to a resistor, but just know that they are not always going to be successful. Don't be surprised if your attempts to coach a resistor don't work out too well. Coaching requires permission, so it is best to start with your super fans and work from there to other personality types. So what is the problem? Once we know who we are going to coach and we have their permission, we need to learn the problem that they are dealing with. We need to learn the problem, but we can't let it consume our focus. There's a paradox here. The solution needs to consume our focus, but we can't focus on solutions until we first learn what the problem is. We need to bring the problem into the light. Once there, we overfocus on solution based thinking. You will notice when people teach coaching models, there are different opinions on how to go about this. Some people start by suggesting a little small talk first, then moving toward learning the problem. Others suggest starting with some sincere positive feedback in order to disarm any resistance or insecurity the person you want to coach may already feel. Still others suggest skipping all of that and getting straight to the point of learning the problem. There is truth in all three suggestions. When it comes to humans, we are all so unique. We come from different cultures and have different levels of confidence and openness. That's one reason why having a bond with the person you want to coach is so important. If I know the person comes from a culture where they typically start a conversation with small talk, then I should do that first. If I am attempting to coach someone who's from a culture where they hear a lot more about what they've done wrong than what they have done right, disarming with some positive feedback could be very useful. If I'm observing someone with a wrinkled forehead out in the work area, maybe I need to get straight to the point with what's on your mind. We need to bring the problem into the light, but how we get there depends on the personality type and the environment we are in. By bonding with our people and having a deep sense of self-awareness, we will know which method works best in which situation. And if it doesn't work out, then you know to try a new approach next time. 
In some cultures, conversations always start with a little small talk. I've noticed the scale is tipped more towards small talk in the southeastern United States than it is in the Northwest. I've also noticed that small talk tends to occur more frequently in Hispanic cultures. But again, labeling all people the same in a culture also doesn't work. These are just pointers to a specific direction. Then there's disarming with praise. Since this is about improving your safety culture, we need to admit that the majority of workers hear more about what they do wrong safety-wise than what they do right. Because of this, we may need to start with some deep, disarming praise. If a person hears constant negativity about their job performance safety-wise, then they probably won't be very open to coaching. However, disarming that resistance can be very useful to breaking down the walls between us. This is especially the case if you are attempting a modified coaching conversation done in the work area. If a manager sees an employee doing something in violation and wants to learn more about the problem, then starting with disarming praise is typically a successful first step. So what is disarming praise? Let's start with what it is not, lame and cookie cutter. Remember, good job is lame and cookie cutter. If you are having a modified coaching conversation out in the work area, then you definitely want to give deep, sincere feedback that the worker feels, not just hears. Then there's the get to the point crowd. For this personality type, learning the problem is more about seeing through their words, observing their behavior, and the looks on their faces. Sometimes when they speak, you can tell that they are struggling with something. Sometimes their behavior tells you that they are dealing with some sort of internal problem. Maybe just the look on their face is an indicator that a coaching conversation could benefit them. For this type, what's on your mind could be the first sentence spoken in any coaching conversation. So learn the problem. Different personality types trigger us to try different approaches to learning the problem. But whatever approach, we need to learn the problem. We do not need to fix the problem. We need to be curious about the problem. Questions about the problem should be focused on hearing more about it, not so we can tell the person how to fix it so they can continue to verbalize it. It's their problem. The solution will also belong to them, not the coach. We help them find their own solution by bringing the problem into the light and seeing it from different angles. What part of the problem is true circumstance? What part of the problem is their thinking which is affecting their behavior and the results they are getting? We need them to verbalize the problem in a way where they can begin to see the difference between circumstance and thought choices. Tell me more. 
Why is it that way? What have you tried that hasn't worked? Is it worth trying again in a different way? Or are you sure that that attempt is not a solution? These are all questions that could be asked to learn more about the problem. Do you see why a specific coaching model of pre-formatted questions just doesn't work? We need to have the ability to modify the question we ask based on how that conversation is going. Our focus, though, after learning the problem is solely on solutions. Once we learn the problem, we need to move towards solution-based questions. You will have a strong force working against you, the limbic brain. Remember, the limbic brain is always looking for threats. It's emotional. It's usually negative. The limbic brain has unlimited energy. It is a force that exists within any coaching conversation. It's always looking for problems. But our job is to continually point the person toward their prefrontal cortex while recognizing the limbic brain will constantly pull them in the other direction. We coach by asking questions, not by instructing people what to do. Questions you could ask that keep people solution-focused or prefrontal cortex-focused are, what would you do if anything were possible? What equipment would you need for that to actually work? If you were king of the world, how would you do this job differently? Are there any resources or vendors that you could reach out to for new ideas? You may notice that all these questions are based around thinking a new thought. Thinking a new thought requires your prefrontal cortex to do the work. We can't solve our old problems with old thinking. We typically have the same thoughts every day. Solutions come from thinking a new thought that we haven't thought before. These sample questions are the type that influence people to think with their prefrontal. They are focused on the solution, not the problem. They point to what is in their control, not the uncontrollable circumstance. If you were to ask instead, why is XYZ not working? You're actually going back to a problem-based focus. We need to be solution-focused. Here lies the paradox. Once you learn the problem, you move towards solution-based thinking. Once you get there, you stay there. The person will most likely be continually pulled back toward the problem due to their limbic brain. Our job is to point them toward the prefrontal cortex that creates solutions. As you can see, coaching is not about asking specific pre-formatted questions. Coaching is about knowing the proper types of questions to ask. There is not a wrong question, but a wrong type of question. Flexibility is required.
So try, rinse, and repeat. Once you get to the point where the person comes up with some kind of potential solution, they need to try it. In a safety culture, you may be directly involved in that solution. Maybe they want to try a new piece of equipment that hasn't been tried before. Maybe you do assist them in obtaining that equipment. In the work world, there are times where the coach is directly involved in helping people provide the solution. We just want the potential solution to be an idea that the person being coached came up with. Again, the purpose of all of this is to get people to look inside for the answers to their problems, not outside. If we can encourage this method of thinking, we are encouraging a new habit within their brain, the habit of thinking new thoughts. So once the worker is ready to try something new, we need to think about coming back to check on them to see how it all is going. If you get to a potential solution, you can ask questions such as, when would you be able to try that out? How long would it take to see if it actually works out for you? When would be a good time to ask you about how all this played out so I can share your successes with others? What we are doing is scheduling a follow-up conversation, but the schedule is on their terms. You just need to learn when is a good time to come back to them, ask how it went, and continue that coaching conversation. If the problem is fixed with implementing the new solution, then this is a great time to reinforce this new habit with deep, sincere, accurate praise. Examples could be, I really appreciate you taking the time to think out of the box. Hey, what you did here isn't just going to help you. It will help people you don't even know in this company. I wish everyone would go the extra mile like you did. All highly successful people in this world, they do what you did. They think up new thoughts and they try them out. Now, these are just examples. The more you come up with your own praise, the more genuine it will be. The main point is we need to reinforce the behavior of attempting new solutions. We need to reinforce thinking new thoughts. Sometimes the solution won't work. But remember, failure is our teacher. Failure is a good thing. So when you come back for your checkup coaching conversation and you find the potential solution didn't work for the person, Questions you could ask could be, well, could you modify that solution in a way where it would work? Does this experience point you in a different direction on what to try next? What have you not tried yet that might work instead? Again, these sample questions are just pointers in a direction. The direction is still solution-based new thought thinking. Problems are not always easy to fix. Sometimes coaching can go on over several different conversations before that individual gets to the aha moment. 
But that is what we are searching for. That moment when someone finds a solution to their problem, their own problem, that came from learning to think for themselves. Anytime the individual experiences the aha moment, it reinforces the power of thinking new thoughts. That is what we want to accomplish. A team of people that grows, that is learning to look inside themselves for solutions instead of expecting others to fix their problems for them. The long-term benefit to the culture is working smarter not harder. This frees up resources anytime people can learn to solve their own problems instead of needing someone else to fix or come up with a solution for them. It is about creating the social proof where the right thing to do is to focus on coming up with your own new ideas, not complaining how problems will never change. So coaching is mostly about listening and guiding. Coaching is not about fixing other people's problems for them. Telling is not coaching. No model of pre-formatted questions is perfect for every scenario. Models exist to help people with modified coaching out in noisy work areas. True coaching doesn't need a model. It requires a deep understanding of the concepts behind the models. True coaching is not always feasible. It requires a time commitment, a conducive environment, and the permission of the person to be open to coaching. Coaching is focusing on solution-based thinking, once the problem is brought into the light. Coaching is the process of getting people to think for themselves so they can become more skilled at solving their own problems through solutions they thought up themselves. If you learned something valuable today, please share it with others. For more information, head over to leaderthink.com.